Hey, y'all. You're listening to Chit Chats with Lonnie, a podcast that was created to unpack some shit while also amplifying black and brown voices. I'm your host, Jelani Weaver, and I hope you're ready to chit chat. Hey, y'all. We're back at it again with Chit Chats with Lonnie. Today's conversation is with a LinkedIn friend of mine, Greg, and I just want to say, hey, friend. Hey, friend. (laughs) (laughs) How's your mental? Let's start there. How's it going? Yes, my mental is in a good place today because my birthday actually was a couple days ago, May 20th, tour season. Hey, hey. Um, (laughs) So I'm actually in a good place. I'm very focused. Um, Spiritually, I am in a good place as well. Like I've read all my scriptures for the day, said my prayers like, Lord, just thank you for giving me another day to breathe life into the air. Listen, I made it to 30, so I'm I'm happy. (laughs) No complaints here. You don't look 30 at all. Like, let's (laughs) let's. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, Life doesn't crack. <laughs> yes. It is young, and it's crazy. I was just talking to my friend, um, and I was like, "You remember, like, when we were in, you know, high school or even college, and we'll be like, oh my gosh, 30 so old, and we had to like have this life planned out by 30.' And it's like the closer that we get mm, to 30, mm. 30 is not old. Like somebody said that oh, yes, 30s yeah. is just your 20s, but you got money now. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, we are no longer broke. <laughs> right. We got money now. Like we figuring out, we figuring out things. So we got this. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's that's. Well, happy belated. Um, well, thank you. It's funny. Thank you. I'm a Gemini. No, I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> I love Gemini's. I connect with Gemini's for some reason. Like I have friends that are Gemini's. Everybody likes to, and I'm not even big, so I don't know if you're like big on the astrology. But I, I just somebody asked me recently, really. like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I can't get into it, like the stars and all that. Like, why I gotta look at some stars to see if we align? Like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I just never got that. Um, so today, I know we talked before this, and I want to talk about like how. Our generation, you know, millennials, Gen Zers, how we need to slow down. You know, um, I was telling you about that book that I'm reading uh, called mm-hmm. The Hurry of Elimination or The Elimination of Hurry and how it talked about how we're just so fast paced. Like we don't really just have time to sit down and um, like just gather our thoughts. Like if we're not being busy or doing something then we're not being productive. And like, how do you feel about that? Like I personally, I, I didn't, I didn't really see it that way. You know, I thought that, you know, if you're, we're supposed to be productive, we're supposed to be relaxing. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently in today's society, relaxing is looking like you being a bum out here. You're not grinding. You're not catching that paper. You're not chasing the paper. You you're know, right. um, that grind culture is a new thing. It's so strange to me. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. So I actually had a conversation with one of my um, life coaches and we were talking about um, productivity and how people, I feel like <clears throat> people want to be busy and stay busy for some reason. And it's like, it's measured by, I feel like pro- productivity is measured by one's own individual abilities and what they can do. I feel like everyone's trying to strive to be the next big thing and do just do a whole bunch of things that are within their limits, uh, especially with limited resources for certain people. So I feel like 
with that being said, I personally would not want to work myself into the ground, <laughs> exhausted, tired, and just, I just, I can't see that. I just can't see it for me <laughs> at all. So I feel like with um, being productive, people have this fear of not being enough or not being able to achieve certain goals. It could be like even small goals to get to that ultimate goal. Like maybe um, building a house or building that um, business that you were thinking about and contemplating about. I think um, with today's society, everyone's procrastinating and really trying to figure themselves out and figure out what would be the best route for them. And um, it's just, it's hard out here. It's not easy. Things are not cheap. (laughs) Everything costs money. So it's going to take time and lots of patience. And a lot of people do not have that time. So people like to find the faster routes and just find other ways. But personally for me, um, I rather take my time and gradually um, figure out the in-betweens before I get to that goal. Because everyone's thinking about that goal, but no one's appreciating the value between the goal. So that's my thing. Mm. No, that and that's comes with like that get money quick rich scheme, I like to call mm-hmm. it. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's really in my opinion, now that I look at it, it's not that serious. So I'm gonna tie this into mental health because we're still in mental health month. Yes. And I know that's your profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's how burnout happens is you're just trying to keep up with everybody. And I hate social media at this point. Like we're always have our heads down in our phones, looking at what people are doing, trying to see what can we do to keep up with them? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Why don't I look like this? Why don't I look like that? You know, and that's not reality. (laughs) We're living in an unrealistic reality. Uh And it's crazy to me how many people try and keep up with everybody and don't just like, you know, focus on themselves. And success looks different on everybody. So you buying a house that may be success for you, but me just paying a bill and not needing help, that's success for me, you know, paying my bills on my own, you know, um, (laughs) mentally, yes, mentally, emotionally, spiritually being grounded because a lot of us get disconnected spiritually, emotionally when we're trying to, when we're just moving, you know, like um, in the book, it said hurry is the devil. Like when you're hurrying, you're not having time to focus on what's in front of you. You know, you're, you're always moving ahead more and more. And I was like, wait, hold on, let me reread that. And it really stuck out to me. And I was like, oh, dang. Uh, (laughs) uh, Cause you know, it's just mind blowing how things And it said um, that life, like where we live in a society where people are distracted from distractions by distractions. Mm, and I was mm. like, it's like really? a domino that's, effect. That's the, <laughs> yeah, like we and it's and look, we were just in a panorama. We're still in a panorama. World War Three came, and then mm. some other stuff came, and it's like, what is this world doing? We're back to normal in quotations. Whatever normal is, we're back to it. People just what going about normal? their daily lives. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell it is just mind blows me. Like, what is no? Shoot, I don't know. I don't, mm. I don't know, keeping a mask in your pocket because mm-hmm. you just never know what may pop off. That's our new normal. <laughs> that is. And I want to know, like, from your, from the, since you are in the mental health field, like, from your view, what causes people to usually just have those mental breakdowns or have that burnout? Or what are some things that you usually see? 
Well, what I see within my field, specifically the job I work at um, at Rogers is, so we work with adolescents, kids, and adults that have OCD, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, a whole plethora of things. So, and with a lot of my coworkers, they're usually burned out because of the overwhelming stress of just certain factors. It could be it could be the patient. It could be the parent within the patient. It could be, it's always something changing within the system where we have to document our notes a certain way or do this this way. And it's always something changing within the field and within our um, workspaces that people are feeling like they do not have any time to kind of just breathe and have a mental, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I call it mental serenity. I call it having a mental serenity moment um, because for me, that's very important. And I feel like that's lacked in the mental uh, mental health community and mental health field in general. And with me personally, I get overwhelmed when there's a bunch of just kids that I have to constantly look after and make sure, oh, they're doing this, this assignment, they're doing this assignment. Um, they're always going to come to me because you know how kids are. They come to me with their work like, hey, I finished this little exposure and this is and that um, for my anxiety or my depression or whatever symptomology that they have. I have to constantly always check in on them and give them that motivational interview speech that I always do and give them that spill of what what needs to be done and why we do the work that we do, um, which is ERP therapy, that's exposure response prevention. That's th- that's our main thing that we do there is exposure response prevention. And it's basically supposed to expose the individual to that high distressed event or situation and for them to habituate to that. And habituation just means getting used to that certain stimulus. So what we try to do is have them gradually work their way up from a zero to seven anxiety rating scale and to get them to a point where you're not, you shouldn't be fearful of this anxiety producing thing. We're going to have you habituate to to this and have you do little things to kind of get you to that point where you'll be okay. You're comfortable to be able to manage your anxiety at a a more manageable level so that you're not always freaking out and going into these modes where you're like, I feel like I'm, I'm about to die. I feel like something's going to happen. Like, it's really interesting working in this field. And I learned so much just from people training me and things of that nature. But I feel like I'm diverting. So back to <laughs> back to um, burnout. <laughs> so burnout is definitely something important. I always, um, for my position, before I became a behavior specialist, I was a clinic assistant. And I felt like I always had to be there because as a clinic assistant, I was the face of Philadelphia. I was the only clinic assistant there. So I barely took any days off and I felt like I was mentally burnt out and I felt like I was going to eventually explode and probably go off on somebody. (laughs) And (laughs) trust me, it takes a lot for me. Um, And everybody everybody that knows me knows that it takes a lot for me to even get to that point. So if they see me irritated or something just doesn't sit, doesn't look right, they'll be like, Greg, are you okay? I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like, nope, nope, not really. Nope, I'm about to leave. <laughs> so now I feel like it's I have a it's a little bit more pressure on me because as a behavioral specialist, I'm now face to face with these kids. And there's like a one to four ratio where I'm the behavioral specialist and I have four under my caseload. So right now they're gradually um bringing that up to that four, but I feel like I, it's almost like imposter syndrome. Like I'm just not, I'm still not comfortable with my position yet. Like I just feel like I need more time and I really need to just take that break to be very mindful and just 
focus on the task at hand. And I feel like that's, it's still a struggle for me. So mm-hmm. I feel myself like burned out here and there. And then I find myself taking that space and taking that, like I'll take a little walk or something like that. Um, yeah. Cause it's always nice. out. This is nice outside now. The weather's been consistent. So I've been taking like little walks to kind of clear my mind and then come back to um, working with my kids. But Burnout is really, it's a serious thing. It can really, really be detrimental to someone's health and overall being, I don't say. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And I have a friend that she got her master's in counseling and she actually took a break from counseling because during, while she was in school, um, she did an internship with a clinic. And they basically dealt with, you know, patients that had been sexually assaulted or abused this and the other. And when she graduated, she just took a break because that was it took so like a toll on her mental health that wow. she no longer, you know, felt the, like she wanted to do it. And I and I, I wanted to ask you, like in the mental health and in like the therapy counseling, that world, do you feel like it takes a toll on you when you are dealing with these students that, you know, deal with depression and anxiety because I've learned that so many kids have anxiety. I'm talking about like babies. Like I'm talking about like, mm-hmm. let's say 10 to 16. I consider those still babies um, that they have anxiety or depression problems. And it's like at a young age, these these students, kids are diagnosed with those issues. So do you think it takes a toll on you when you're dealing with these issues? Yes. Um, especially for me, I have a soft and vulnerable spot for kids. I freaking love kids. Like as soon as I heard that I got this, I get this opportunity to work with kids. I was like, oh, this is something I definitely want to do. I have a soft, as you can see, I freaking love my baby because I raised her since she was um, probably like a couple months old. So I have a soft spot for kids. So it's hard for me to not I have to try to almost disassociate my own emotions just a little bit because I don't want to I don't want to say and do certain things where it it's uh, the connection like based is based off emotions. Get, yes, right. I don't want to do things that are based off emotions. Like I have to do this from a I guess how the system works with our our company and how we're supposed to be treating these um our patients or our clients. So I I find it very difficult because I love kids and they're really dealing with these issues and they're looking to, for me to help. Um, and they're, tr- they're putting all their trust in me. We're building great rapport. We're getting to know each other. And I feel so sad after I, like, once I discharge, I'm like, oh, we made a, such a good connection. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but I'm like, you got to go. You got to go eventually. You know, you have to now start to utilize all the tools that I taught you and all the techniques and utilize it outside because it's it's easier to do it here and within the facility, within the clinic. But the real work starts in the outside world because that's where you're going to struggle the most and have all those challenges. But now with all the tools and everything that I provided for you, you're able to utilize that and really be able to manage your anxiety, your depression, any anything that's that you came in with initially, you'll come I, I'm very hopeful and I'm an optimist. So I like to always be hopeful and instill hope onto others. That's always been my thing, my kind of like tagline almost <laughs> to like instill hope onto others. I feel like a lot of them lose faith and lose hope on a lot of things. And I want to continue to be that advocate for someone that possibly doesn't even have the, um, the resources, resources to come out and seek counselors, therapists, life coaches, mental health coaches, behavioral specialists um, as I am because it costs money. Like I said, a lot of things are costing money, um, especially yeah. for the black community. It's very, it's very hard for them to find help or services because of 
insurances or lack of mm-hmm. insurances. And we have to constantly fight to get some type of benefits going like, hello, I'll, I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with this and that. You're telling me you're denying services for me because of what? Like we can work out something, sliding scale fee, like something, a, a plan, a monthly plan, a payment plan, something like that. But um, I, that's why for me, I plan to have my own life coaching business that's very diverse and includes the BIPOC community and the majority of the minorities that are struggling and can't really find help for someone for their symptomology and what they're going through. And it's it's always been a passion of mine to really just help others because I because I've been there. I've been depressed. I've mm-hmm. had moments where I wanted to commit suicide when I was younger. Um, I've I've dealt with a lot. And I <laughs> still to this day, I'm like, what? why was I thinking that? What what happened? What had changed? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, it's all God. I give it all to God because without him, nothing would be possible. And he just let me out of that dark space. And I was able to just lift myself up, do something about my life, to make some changes and really change my environment, just the people I'm hanging around with, um, just how I move. Like people are noticing how I move differently. And it's not you, it's me. I'm changing and I'm elevating and growing. So I'm trying to do what's best for my mental serenity, not what's, not what's best for you um, at the end of the day. Because like you said, everyone's always looking to have you help them out but where's where's my hero where's my friend yeah. where's my person to kind of just see if i'm okay and check on me and say great you okay you good today let's talk let's have a conversation but people are so into other things and just out in this world doing whatever they want and they tend to forget things and, and they end up disassociating themselves sometimes unintentionally not knowing um, until the person reaches out and says, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like it's, you know, what's going on with you? So <clears throat> I always, I've always been a person to give, 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 give. So it's, and I still struggle with that because I'm such a kind hearted person. So nice. And my fiance, yeah. fiance told, <laughs> tells me about this, like, you're so kind and I love that about you, but you need to figure out some boundaries and figure out a way to kind of step back and really see the big picture. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I want to go to the part where you said like not a lot of us in the black community can afford mental health services or let's take it one step further. We don't get it. We we don't think anything's wrong with us. We don't think that we need help and we don't know where to find help. And I think like people like you who are the representation that we want to see when we go into a clinic, we just don't want to somebody to push us off and say or you know, some people, they get admitted to the wrong facilities because somebody thinks something's wrong with them and nothing's wrong or they get medicine that they don't need. Like doctors just want to put medicine in them and say, go about your day when really they need more the than wrong medicine. Diagnosis they need care. Uh-uh. <laughs> Malpractice. Nope. <laughs> you ain't going to diagnose me wrong. <laughs> right. And and it's, it's crazy. I've had a couple people. Um, I had a situation in my family a while ago and I had a couple people reach out to me and said that they were actually like, kind of like what you said, they were misdiagnosed and put into a mental facility because um, yeah. they, but they're putting the wrong people in mental facilities and they won't even give people who are showing signs that need to be put in them. They won't give them the type of care that they need. So it, it's a forever battle. Um, and especially for it starts when you're younger. And I think um, I've had this conversation before that a lot of us, we don't take 
it seriously when we're younger um, and our parents may not take it seriously because their parents and their generation didn't take those things seriously. It was like, go sleep it off type deal. Whereas now it's like we have more distractions in the world. There's more influence in the world. There's more things out there that if you don't have a good mindset or your mind on straight, head on straight, you can get distracted. You can end up with anxiety for things that you would never think that you have anxiety for. Get depression over, you know, I wouldn't say little things, but things such as I'm not where I'm supposed to be in life. So I'm going to go into a hole or I don't think I'm moving how I'm supposed to move. Like, you know, things that usually people wouldn't think about. Now those things are all out there where, you know, you have the media, social media, social networking, all that stuff that plays a part into your mental health. And you don't realize that until you're down here. And like you said, until nobody's checking on you. You know, the people that were liking your pictures, commenting, boosting you. Now you're in, at, in a hole and nobody's there to check on you. Never. No. <laughs> I'm just alone. <laughs> so I just check <laughs> on myself. I do a little mindfulness, um, some mindfulness activities. Um, I might like meditate. I might read some scriptures, translate some scriptures. Um, what else? I mean, I have a, a few mindfulness activities that I do for myself, just for my mental serenity, my mental well-being. Um, as far as social media goes, that's, I, <laughs> I had to delete everything. Like I literally just deleted everything without thinking about it. Looking back, I was like, all right, I'm going to delete everything because this, and this is actually just pretty much the, in the middle of the pandemic, 2020, maybe like summer. Um, well, I think it was about to be summer. It was around the time when George Floyd was killed and it was like nationwide. It was like the most catastrophic thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it really exploded. And I, <laughs> listen, I witnessed so many things here, just a bunch of um, riots and it was a lot. It was just a lot for me. And um, around that time as well, my friend got murdered, was murdered uh, by someone. He was out doing what he loves to do. He likes to party and be out with his friends, whatever the case is. And you know, the next day he was gone. Like it was crazy. So I had to delete everything because I kept seeing so many posts about it, so many opinions about it um, on Instagram specifically, because I was on Instagram more heavily than I was on um, Facebook. And it was just too much for me. I was like that. And my friend getting killed, I just, I can't take it anymore. I had to really reset and delete every single thing, but I was able to well, I had to cry. I just had to cry it all out. That was first and foremost, because with men, we don't like to show, well, I'm different. So I like to show my emotions. <laughs> I'm sensitive. So I'm a sensitive <laughs> man. Okay. You guys are going to love a sensitive man, <laughs> but I'm very sensitive. I'm vulnerable. So I cry. I show my emotions. Um, traditionally, men are not, they're not raised to be vulnerable beings for some reason. They're supposed yeah. to be tough and really holding their feelings, suppress all these feelings um, for some reason. I've always found that weird. I'm like, why can't you just, you know, be yourself? Be. I feel like they're going to lack so many great and amazing human characteristics that they're going to really miss out on great opportunities or great experiences because they want to hold on to this manhood and be in this man box where they have to, um, they don't have to really kind of break out of that box. They want to really sit in that masculinity. I, I don't want to call it toxic because I don't. I hate that word toxic. But I feel like yeah. it's almost like negative masculinity where they have to exert themselves in, a, in aggressive ways and 
act like they're tough or they're really hurting inside. And I mean, we really don't have a space to be vulnerable and really show our feelings and our emotions. So that's another reason why I wanted to create like um almost like a subgroup where it focuses on men, their masculinity, how to better navigate their lives in a more positive light. And it's it's something I've been working on for years because I, t- I took a class in undergrad class in um, what school did I go to? Was it Temple? That because I moved to two two different schools <laughs> and I like, try to figure out which school is it. I think it was Temple. I think it was Temple. So Temple University. Um, I had this amazing professor. She taught men and masculinities. I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. So let me, you know, let me register, see what it's about. And it opened my eyes to so many things about how boy young young men are just taught to really hold and bottle in their bottle in their emotions and their dads are telling them like, no, you can't cry. You're not supposed to do that. You're, you're a big man. You're strong. You're this, this and that. I'm just like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, but it was so eye opening. And from that class and from that moment on, I was like, I want to do something for our black men specifically, because as, as we both kind of mentioned, we're in a space where we're in a place where the black community, we're, stigmatized with mental health and we're not really trying to figure out ways to to better our well-being to seek out that help we're just kind of like dapping it up like are right, you be good like okay let's talk about it for a little bit and then man you you good that's it it's just so weird how we navigate and we don't think about these things we're kind of just like um no i think i'll be okay i think i don't think i need any professional help nothing's wrong with me because once you once you say that to a black person they're gonna think you're crazy like oh yeah. you, i'm crazy like what you what you mean i'm crazy <laughs> so right <laughs> um i try to for me i would try to ease them into the conversation like hey let's let's just have a normal conversation and just no judgment here no judgment at all just tell me how you're feeling what's going on things of that nature but i mean it's difficult because um, with me, I am Jamaican-American. My parents are from Jamaican. For, <laughs> Jamaican. <laughs> They're from Jamaica. So we don't talk about things um, such as mental health and just anything mental health related. We've never discussed. So when I was going through my when I was going through depression when I was younger, I I don't think I've reached out to them or said anything to my parents about it because I don't, I didn't think they were going to understand. Actually, I knew they wouldn't understand because they wouldn't know how to, how to approach it. They would have probably said, you'll be okay. Just sleep it off or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to put words in my parents' mouth, but (laughs) they, um, I don't think they would have done anything. So that's why I was either I would kind of just sit in my thoughts in my darkness and just stay there or I would reach out to a friend or sometimes I wouldn't even reach out to a friend and they wouldn't know until probably months later. And I feel bad for those moments. because I'm like, I should have just told somebody at least like I would have felt much better releasing this energy to somebody and them having to be like my comfort in a way. But I really sat there crying just in my thoughts, one, two, commit suicide. And this was more so centered around my sexuality because in the um, Jamaican culture, homosexuality is looked down upon immensely. So it is, it was very, very hard for me to come out at a young age. Cause I was going back and forth. I was like, maybe if I said I was bi, <laughs> that would like, kind of like compensate for, for, for some reason, it'll fill that void of 
them, my parents thinking, oh, there might be a chance he might be with females, whatever the case is. So I I had to just figure it all. I just had to figure all of it out and just be like, you know what? I'm just stop it, Greg. Stop it. You're driving yourself crazy. Just come on out and say it and mean it. Be proud of it and, and stand on your own two feet. So that's what I did. I came out and they were, they were, it was, it was messy. <laughs> it's a little messy, <laughs> but <laughs> eventually um, they just said, you're grown. You know what you're doing. We're proud of you. You're not out here in these streets doing the most. Like we know you're a great human being. We, we know that you're a good person and that you're going to, you're going to do good in life. So once all that happened, I was so, it was like, oh my God, this huge weight off my shoulders. I was able to express myself and really I, Ended up just doing so many things that I never thought I would be um, be able to do because I feel like if I was stuck in that thinking I was um, straight or hetero, I I don't know where I'd be in life. I've probably been married, living a lie, doing a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't meant for me. And I feel like love is love. God is love, first and foremost. And I feel like I... I have God in me. So I, no matter what, what walk of life I'm doing, what's going on, I know that I have God in me and I know that he's leading me and he's leading me in the right direction. Um, and I don't need anybody else to validate me in general or what's going on in my life. I don't need society putting pressure on me or thinking like, oh, he's this, this and that. So, you know, this is that, you know, putting those labels on me. I don't need any of that. My mental serenity was most important to me. So I felt like with that, with me coming out and being vulnerable was very, very helpful and very beneficial for me. Oh, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I'm trying not to get emotional. Because I'm like, all right, Greg, come on. <laughs> no, and I think we all have like that point where we just sit down with ourselves and we're like, this is who I am. You know, this is, and I'm not changing for anybody, regardless of if that's your sexuality, what you do for work, what you want to major in, any of that. Like, this is who I am. And a lot of us, we want to be like everyone else or we want to just fit in uh, or match the status quo and that's not who we really yeah we want because (laughs) exactly like we think because we're different um and like i said that's that could be religion sexuality right anything that makes you different and not like everybody else it, it makes you weird or it makes people you you're automatically you feel judged because of the decisions that you want to make. That's your decisions that you want to live with. And I always say I'll never judge people because um, that's not that's not me. So whatever you decide to do college wise, sexuality, like whatever you want to do, as long as it's not disrespecting me as a person, I don't mm-hmm. care. That's your business. And I feel like that's why a lot of people need to just mind their business. I know this has nothing yes. to do with the mental health, but if, if everybody just minded their business, stop worried about everybody else, worried about what everybody else place. is doing, <laughs> the world would be so beautiful. Like so it would beautiful. be so Beautiful. And I, I had a friend that they was they were pregnant for, I think, almost eight months before they came out and told the world. And uh, I had did their maternity pictures. And I was like, girl, I didn't even know that you, you know, was pregnant. She was like, yeah, I felt like you no, know, I wanted this pregnancy to be just peaceful. And I never she was like, I didn't want people that usually wouldn't reach out to me reach out to me because now I'm carrying another human mean and now I'm stressed and I see a lot more people waiting to announce that they're pregnant because usually it's like you know you get out that first trimester and then you announce it to the world whereas people now they're waiting until the baby's damn near out of them to say something <laughs> which I love that because they get to enjoy their pregnancy they get to enjoy being 
with their child, loved one, whoever it may be, without having the pressure of people bugging them, you know? And I think like if more people just stay to themselves and not have to, what do we do when something good happens or we're pulling out our phone, posting on social media, not everybody needs to know your next move. Like mm-hmm. not every move is meant for everybody. So we need to practice ha- keeping some of some of our life private. And then people get mad at you when they're trying to enter your life or in your business. Well, sis, you put your whole life out there. Now you mad at me for asking a question that you already put out there. <laughs> right. you, you mad at me because I want more tea. But you just gave me <laughs> your whole life in 60 seconds. So, <laughs> so I think like, I just want or wish people would practice, you know, doing things in private. It's okay that everybody doesn't know that you make six figures. It's okay that everybody doesn't know that you've been to Cancun, this, that. that. It's okay to just be in the moment sometimes. Like, it is okay. Like, you don't need that validation from the internet. And half the people you probably don't even know and half the people probably don't even care. Mm -hmm. You, You don't need to always go to social media for that validation. Like... And I think that also messes up, you know, that messes with your mental health. If you're one of those, I my favorite thing is when I see like influencers posting and they're like, just posting may delete later. Well, sis, why did you post that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, did, like, what did you just post that because you just wanted somebody to see you? Did you want to get or if if a picture doesn't get as many likes or comments that they expected, now it's deleting and now your self-esteem is low. Well, since you're going to the wrong place to for your self-esteem. You're going to the wrong mm-hmm. it's self-esteem. They, for a reason. they want to be seen. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I had to step back from LinkedIn because it started becoming and it started becoming an addiction in a way. Like it was one of those things where I would get energy, I would get adrenaline uh, that dopamine would would do something to me when I would post something and it would get over a thousand likes or comments would go crazy or you would get all these like it, it's a good feeling and I was like when that starts happening it's time for me to log out because if something were to happen to me tomorrow these people are not gonna care at nope. all so um, just not letting that status that that social status or internet status get to your head because it, it can and it can honestly hurt you and it can shut you down and it's crazy how people can take things the wrong way or how somebody behind the computer screen can hurt your feelings because that's real <laughs> it is real like for me with social media um when i was on there like you said, it's like a dope. It's like this rush when you get all these likes and DMs and all these inboxes when I was single. Um, <laughs> have a fiance now. But yeah, when I was heavy on social media, it was very, oh my God. I was like, so I like, I, I loved all the love. I loved the attention. Like I was like someone that loved that attention. It was willing to post these post these pictures of me, post these videos of what I'm doing, like what my life's about, like this party, me dancing, me doing this and that, just being out there. Um, just having fun, having a good time, just being me. But I felt myself like always like literally waking up to scrolling, just scrolling, scrolling. And, and time is just passing by. And I'm like, oh, shoot, it's uh, been like five hours, huh? Oh, OK, let me get my day started. <laughs> let me uh right. do something productive. I'm so glad that I've taken the time to just step away from social media completely. Um, even though I'm on LinkedIn, I feel like it's a little it's. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is different for me, but I'm so used to it. And the posts are just, I'm just going to say interesting. (laughs) So, but it's not as bad as Facebook and Instagram. I will say that, but 
right now LinkedIn is literally the only social media platform that I have currently. Um, I do plan on um, going back to Instagram only for business purposes for my life coaching business, but with social media, I felt myself I felt myself losing myself. <laughs> so I had to do something quickly to kind of just take a step back and really think about what's what's my next move. Like, what am I doing? I'm wasting time on social media. You know, I'm working, which is cool. It's great and all. But what do I really want to do? What's my life purpose? Like, what do I really, really, really want to do? So during the pandemic, I, of course, was finishing out school. And of course, everything was virtual. So that was annoying. So I was just thinking about, let me just think of a plan where I can, I felt like I was put on this earth to help people. So I wanted to figure out something where I can give back and educate people and help them in many ways. So I was like, oh, let me just come up with a life coaching program or life coaching business and do that. So I'm still helping people. I'll be a mental health coach as well. I'll provide different services. We'll have groups like spiritual groups, mindfulness groups, like different life value skills groups, um, just things of that nature and really and really do something that'll impact communities and really have them kind of just utilize these tools, as I said, with like my kids, like utilize these tools and techniques with real life circumstances, with real life events and real life situations, because everyone's always going through something. We're always going through something in life, right? But we don't, sometimes people don't have, or just have this void that they want to fill and they fill it with negative things. And I want to Mm -hmm. kind of replace that and shift their mindsets to where you have these inner resources and external resources where you can do a lot better and you can actually do things that you probably didn't think you were really capable of, right? So let's let's dig a little deeper. Let's dive into that and let's really see where we can kind of change that and have you be fulfilled in in one way or another, in some aspect. I want to try to do that. And that's what I that's what I really strive for. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping people and being an advocate for mental health because people are really struggling out here. And it's like we're dismissing it and really just looking at it as minuscule, like something that can't be, that can't be, well, we don't want to fix it. I don't want to say that something can't be fixed, but something that can't be, that can be manageable in a sense. Cause we don't, there's no cure for, there's really no cure for mental health. There's no cure for depression and mood disorders. There's no cure for that PTSD. People have to literally navigate through life with these symptoms. And sometimes they hide these symptoms. They don't let nobody know about these symptoms because they don't want to feel they don't want to feel ostracized by people and looked at and judged upon. So we have to um, we have to tread lightly and be very cautious of how we approach people because you never know what that what that person is going through. And that's why I always advocate and say be kind to one another because you never know what that person is going through and you're sitting there cussing them out and giving them a hard time, not knowing at home they're probably dealing with an abusive person. They're probably uh, they probably just lost their house or lost their car or something something of that nature. And you're now adding to that um, extra pressure. So I'm so gung-ho on mental health. And I just tell people, like, please seek help. Please seek professional help. Please speak to somebody. Speak up and say something. Because it's just you just never know when someone will lose their life only because all because someone didn't reach out or just say just say those three little words like I love you or things of that nature. Because people take life people. A lot of people take life for granted and things like this. They'll look back and be like, oh my God, I wish I, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done all these things. But you had all the time, all the opportunities. And sometimes there's there's those signs, those little, those little um 
those little signs there like, okay, I'm trying to reach out for help, but I don't know how to really connect with you and really reach out to you because I don't want you, I don't want to feel judged. I don't want to feel like something's wrong with me. So sometimes people miss those signs. And then there's times when you really don't see the signs. And that's and that's the craziest and hardest thing to deal with when you don't see the signs of someone that's struggling and having difficulties mentally. And then they, for an example, just commit suicide in order. And like, what the hell? Like, what happened? Like, we, they were just cool. We were talking. This is now. We just hung out the other day. Like, how did I just lose a best friend or a significant significant other um, so quickly? So it's, I mean, it's it's hard out here, and that's why I advocate so hard for mental health. Yeah, and, and I love that you say like just people just be kind to people because you never know that one thing you may say something you may think it uh, it's a joke and you may just push somebody off the ledge that may have been that one thing that was like you know what <laughs> that's all I needed to hear and I'm out of here like I'm gone you don't have to worry about me and I think like if we just kept in the back of our mind like just because somebody shows up to work every day with a smile on their face does not mean that they aren't struggling behind that computer screen just because people and I and I've learned to when people say something to really take it for that face value so if somebody says that they're not okay listen to that don't just be like they just doing the most right now you know like listen to that because if somebody's saying they need help listen to that and a lot of people like to shrug that off or we're so busy once again that ties us back around to everybody's just so busy we never have time to just check on somebody which a text takes literally 60 seconds if that all you have to send is hey just checking on you i've done this plenty of times where i said hey just checking on you no need to reply back things like those little small things that you wouldn't usually do that don't take that long just do them just if if somebody and and i've learned like if i'm thinking about somebody i that's a sign for me to reach out <laughs> you know yes. cuz there's times when i'm driving and i'm like dang i wonder how so and so is doing and then as soon as i get to my location cuz i'm not advocating texting and driving um <laughs> As I get to my location, I'm right. like, hey, thinking about you, you good? And that's it. Leave the door open. If they don't reply back, at least I know I reached out and it was a genuine reach out. And so I just want to end this conversation on like, be kind once again, be kind if you're struggling with something. Um, and it does, doesn't have to be during mental health month. If it's June, July, August, whenever I look at every month is mental health month because we're all mental health doesn't go away. Kind of like February, Black History Month. We don't stop being black in March. So sure we don't no. stop having mental health <laughs> issues when June, July, August, so on comes. So if you're struggling, feel like you need to do something about it. Want more for yourself. And I know that's hard to say because everybody's going through something. But start with yourself. Start with learning to love yourself, learning to want to make yourself better. And once again, I know that's hard because because I've been there where it's like, I don't even care. Like people care more about me than I care about me. And so don't be afraid to reach out to people like Greg or other people that are in the mental health profession that are here to help you, not harm you. They're here to help. And I mean, do you have anything, any last words? What <laughs> are oh, my last words? So this is why on LinkedIn, I post these ins- inspirational quotes, because that one quote could really help someone and really 
put a smile on their face. They might have had a down day and they're like, oh, I see like that little nice quote by Gregory. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, but I'm always kind to people anyway, even um, offline. I'm always, see, my coworkers get tired of me, but I'm like checking up on them. Like, are you okay? Are you good? Like, I just see a, certain, a little situation happen or them maybe like a hard sigh or something. I'm like, you okay? You good? You okay? They're like, yes, Greg, I'm fine. <laughs> like, listen, I'm just checking on you. <laughs> I just, I love you. <laughs> so, right. yeah, the message for today will just be be kind, exude love, show love to others, check on people, check on your friends, check on your significant other, really make sure that they're okay and their mental serenity is intact. And if it's not, just sit, reach out to them, talk to them, have a phone conversation, have a FaceTime conversation, in-person conversation, whatever, however you do it, have that conversation, be open, be vulnerable, be honest be non-judgmental and really hear them out. And if they need to seek professional help, of course, find those resources immediately. If it's, if it's something, if it's coming to a serious level where it's out of your, out of your reach and out of your um, limits, basically. So that's the message. That's my little last thing. (laughs) I love that. Um, And so we're going to end on that. Thank you again, Greg, for chit-chatting with me on this beautiful Sunday. For those listening, if you're if you listen if you're listening right now, reach out to somebody. Just reach out to one person. Reach out to two, and just check on them. Somebody that you haven't talked to. That's what I'm. That's the assignment I'm giving y'all today. Is just check on somebody. Be kind to somebody. Tell somebody you love them. You know, I sound like I'm I'm ending church. Somebody and tell them you love them. <laughs> I'm like I just came from church. <laughs> but no, as always, thank y'all for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. And also, please feel free to share with your network. And the music today is by Houston rapper Sean. Oh. Break down the tree, twist what you need, do what he do. This shit is hard, straight from the heart, give it to you.